Are you going into menopause? God, it better not be. <laughs> it's too soon. I'm not ready for that. What if I want kids? <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do? My, my clock's ticking. <laughs> I can talk. Feel that. All right. Episode 122. What up, bitches? It is... <laughs> It's 122. 2022. Well, that worked out too well. Our Look first at, one of hey, 2022. We didn't plan that. So here's to that. We're not that coordinated. No, we can barely t- time travel when it comes to podcast recording and when it's going to be showing up. It's true. So that's exciting. Way to go, team. Why? Happy, Why? Happy New Year. Why what? My Zoom is just being a real bitch today. Okay, here we go. Happy New Year to you as well. Drink my, pretend that I'm healthy, Kathy. How was your Christmas? My Christmas? My Christmas was fine. Um, Nothing too crazy. That was so long ago now. I'm like, <laughs> it was fine. We just went to my parents and, you know, family's junk and that's about it. I mean, nothing, nothing chaotic. I didn't like go to on vacation or anything. How was your Christmas? I went on vacation. Went to visit my sister in New Jersey. And we got there and my dad immediately got sick and was sick the whole time. Oh no. I was wondering why I didn't see a lot of pictures of him other than like the pretty, pretty princess ones. And got everybody else sick, except for me and mom. We're the only two who didn't get sick. You didn't get sick? I did not, except for now. I think that might be why I had like fucking night sweats and just a shitty night's sleep. Why you weren't feeling good. I might be getting sick now, but uh, they were dropping like flies. My When we left, my niece and my nephew were just like so sick. I felt so bad, but they're fine now. It was like a little, like two or three day cold. You know, I think that's going around because I... Well, Tessa Tessa was over and she had like a really stuffy nose and like just didn't feel the greatest. Mm. She didn't have a fever or anything like two days before we left. It's officially becoming winter now that we didn't have any snow really up until the end of December. Yeah, so well, it's 60 and cloudy and rainy here. So, oh, yeah, you're not. No, yesterday Here. it was officially 77 degrees higher. Like we were 77 degrees warmer than Minnesota. Oh yeah, we're sitting at feels like negative 28 <laughs> right now. It's a good time. I don't miss that. I don't miss Justin always up. rubs that in my face too. <laughs> He'll send me a thing being like, mm, must be must be nice to live somewhere where it's 70 right now. I'm like, hey, fuck you. Fuck you, uh, dude. That's one thing I don't miss is walking outside, having your eyeballs and your uh, nostrils freeze. That's what I told Chris yesterday. I was walking and I'm like, I hate the fact that my lungs hurt because I'm breathing outside. Right. (laughs) I don't like that. (laughs) And I'm in Iowa. It's even like more mild here in comparison. I, oh my lantern. I can't stop. Um, When I... (laughs) I love my niece, Alex, when we went to visit her. She's so fucking weird. I love it. 
she keeps telling me about oh, she's so creepy so we're riding in the back of the car to her christmas pageant she's like tt i have to tell you about my imaginary friend named fofo and i'm like you've told me about him multiple times it's creepy stop it and she's like he's a stick i'm like i'm aware she goes he lives in my room and i'm like that's even weirder she goes and at night if he doesn't like you he'll come in and steal your teeth <laughs> and my sister's driving in the front seat and she's like what did you just say and i'm like she just told me her imaginary friend comes in at night and steals people's teeth <laughs> Katie's like well that's new and I'm like that's creepy <laughs> wow so then we're, we're in the, the nail salon getting our nails done and um we were joking about it and I was like Alex tell everybody what Fofo does at night and she's like oh you mean when he comes in and eats your ears and I'm like that's not what you said that's that's new I'm sorry what and she's like <laughs> oh no I told you about the teeth thing and I'm like what else have you not told me child (laughs) what is everything that fofo does this is creepy should we exercise fofo (laughs) (laughs) do I need to bring grandma's exorcism box the next time I come um no what was so funny is she's like the sweetest mild-mannered like if she even thinks she's about to get in trouble she starts crying like she's not she's not crazy by any means but I was just like why why that's weird stop it quit it what else did she say that was creepy oh when we were we got nerf guns for we let them open their nerf guns for Christmas Eve Eve Mm -hmm. and we had like an all-out war like one of mine was a pump action shotgun and then the other one was like a double barrel like AR with a scope on it and Mike was like posted up in the corner behind a chair like sniping people and like <laughs> this is what happens at my house when we, we had like when a, brandon comes over we had like a full-on like nerf gun war and we're running around the house and i look at alex and she's got two two pistols in each hand and she goes i'm not a hunter i'm a killer and then just takes off running and i'm like i think it's time to stop guys <laughs> and then lukey my nephew opens them picks up the and just screams at the top of his lungs, guns! And he's three and just takes off running. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. And Katie was like, uh, maybe I should have some of my liberal friends come over. And I'm like, yeah, that'll that'll go over well. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. uh, so that was my Christmas. My niece was creepy. We shot people with Nerf guns. My dad got sick. And it was a good time. Well, lovely. I'm happy for you. I'm glad you got to go there. And then on New Year's Eve, I went to bed at 8.30. (laughs) We actually stayed up, which was weird because we were, like, last year we just went to bed. But, like, this year I go, can we just stay up? I'm not prepared to be an old married couple yet. (laughs) So we just stayed up and watched Deadpool because we're cool. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I watched Encanto with my dad and then went to bed at 8.30. (laughs) Woo! Hey, why not? You know, you know, it's fine. I was like, if I'm by myself, it's different. I would just go to sleep. But mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not prepared to be like 70 and been married for 20 years. So we're just like, whatever. It's another day. I got your save the day. Did ya? It's adorable. Thanks. 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 Did you uh do a story for this week? 
I did. Oh, good. Lovely. Oh, did Woody. you want to hear it? Yeah, that'd be great. That's, okay. I mean, that's why we're why we're here, right? Okay. Okay. I'll tell you about it. Okay, I'm ready. I'm not going to give you a title on it because sometimes I feel like it, it ruins the story. So um, on May 15th, 1976, 14-year-old Susan Jacobson left her Staten Island home for an after-school job at a local ice cream parlor and never returned home. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, law enforcement dismissed the parents' concern, claiming the girl had simply run away with her boyfriend because it was the 70s and that was their answer for truth uh and there was little to no like investigation done at all like great the search party was created by their parents like, like the cops weren't involved in it at when, all that's like whenever i think of this stuff for the candy man being coral mm-hmm. i'm like it's just so sad because it's all these boys they're just like oh they just ran away to california no they didn't no no they didn't there's so many <laughs> in this right. small town um Suspicion fell on her boyfriend, Dempsey Hawkins, but they didn't really have any, they had nothing because they didn't know where she was. They had absolutely nothing to go on. Right. Um, So Susan's family and friends uh, created a search party that was like 30 or 40 at a time and they searched for her. And then she, there's a place called Port Ivory in Staten Island where it's like she would go and just hang out by the water kind of thing. So they did a lot of searching there. Right. And um, when asked about his suspicion, her father said that of the 40 people that were searching, Dempsey, Susan's boyfriend, uh, didn't really help that much. I would have 39 people getting bitten by mosquitoes, bugs, stupid little animals looking in the weeds, and Dempsey would be sitting by the shoreline looking out at the water and doing nothing. During other searches of the lot, he would call out for her but would then stoop up and pick up something off the ground, like an old comb or something, and just ask one of Susan's sisters, is this Susan's? Just randomly. So it was it was like he was pretending to look, but not really looking. Right. Then, like, Dempsey immediately left town. Like, there was no warning. It just, like, overnight, he moved in with his father, who he had never met before, in Joppa, Illinois, and resumed high school. Okay, not not suspicious at all. No. So in desperation, two weeks after Susan's disappearance, the Jacobsons contacted psychic Dorothy Allison. She knew nothing about this case, had never met Bill and Ellen, um, which are her parents. And when they, she arrived at their home, she asked Ellen what the numbers 2562 meant. She said that those were Susan's birthdays, February 5th, 1962. Wow, that's kind of cool. Yes. Dorothy then asked about the numbers 408 or 405 and found out that Susan was actually born at 405 a.m. Well, shit. All right. She asked them what M-A-R or Mar meant, but her parents had no idea. But Dorothy insisted that Susan was insistent that Mar was important. M-A-R. Allison then experienced a disturbing vision in which Susan was strangled by her boyfriend and she offered the following clues as to where the body would be found. An abandoned car the smell of fuel oil, two smokestacks, and the letters M-A-R in red spray paint. Okay. Uh, They brought that information to law enforcement who declined to investigate the clues further. But incredibly enough, even though uh, Jacobson's father was able to use them to locate a rock spray painted with the letters M-A-R at an abandoned World War I shipyard from which two smokestacks and an abandoned car could be seen. 
Wow. All right. But police refused to investigate the area or do anything searching forward because they were insisted that she just ran away. Okay, great. So that area was actually located in the Port Ivory area. And it is a very overgrown coastline. Uh, it faces the industrial banks of New Jersey. Uh, and it was kind of pocked with holes that led to small, like, underground bunkers, basically. Okay. So if you flash forward to two years in 1978, three boys were out muskrat hunting in well, that same shit. area. Get it. <laughs> one of the boys found a barrel. Oh, good. Barrels are in- never good. No, don't. Why would you look inside it? Just don't. I. Mm-mm. no so he looked inside and saw what he thought were dog bones okay so he is unaware that they're big enough to be human bones then because i'm assuming mm-hmm. that's where this is leading so he returned later with friends and that's when they saw pants and sneakers inside the barrel and called police oh god okay so i think he just kind of like peeked in saw bones and closed it right and i was like oh you know ooh, and then show, he went and i gotta show friend. tommy and i gotta show my friends man one of the boys once the body was confirmed to be susan's word got out that during the investigation dempsey had actually confessed to the murder to one of his cousins but they didn't believe him and neither did the police are you fucking kidding me no sweet Uh, so once word of his statements were out police arrested him in illinois he pled his innocence at trial but was convicted and sentenced to 22 years to life in prison and it was almost 22 years before he admitted to the murder in a letter to the jacobson family and and he said i'm terribly sorry for what i've done and i have been for a long time and then the following is basically what he wrote in the letters stating what occurred so what, it, what had happened was Susan and Dempsey met at Port Ivory, where she climbed down into one of the holes with him. The two had been dating for about a year, but her poor parents had ordered that they break up after Susan had become pregnant and had an abortion. Okay. Remember, she's only 14. Right. Dempsey was unable to think about living without her. He would say later in the letter, but the idea of her without with another man was even worse. He stated that they were sitting side by side and... It was a warm day. He had taken off his shirt, and with the arm of his shirt, he put it around her neck as if to kiss her and just started squeezing it. Her hands went up to the shirt, and he said, I just looked away and just kept squeezing the shirt until she stopped moving. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. He said, I picked her body up, put it in a barrel, put the barrel against the wall so it was concealed, and walked away. And that's it? You just... Mm -hmm. Wow. All right. That, like, infuriates me. That's It's just so casual. Like, Mm -hmm. I just you know wrap my shirt around her and then squeeze until she didn't move put her in a barrel put it to the side and went home and then pretended to help search and moved to my dad so that I could go somewhere else for high school and went about my day yes (laughs) in 2011 Hawkins who was now 51 had by all accounts been a model inmate he had been considered for parole seven times since he was first eligible in 2000 in 2000 uh, and had been denied each time okay He asked to be transferred to his native England because his mother was from England and they had moved to New Jersey. So that's originally where he was from. Um, If paroled, the authorities would deport him there anyway, and the state rejected his request. Susan's family would meet with the parole board every time his case came up to protest his release. Mr. Jacobson was asked how long he wanted this to continue, knowing his daughter's killer would be ejected from the country, like he'd be deported as he could be deported as soon as he could and he replied forever forever 
Well, he did it so casually and then he didn't like he admitted it, but then he didn't like make a point to be like, I like his conscience didn't catch up with him right until they found the body and no 20 what, years and, yeah after. that's what i'm saying like yeah. until it was okay well i guess i should probably it's just dumb it's wild okay go on and in 2017 he was paroled and deported from the united states and now resides in england in that's that. it that's all you know that's it sweet well it's a short story sorry but i just thought it was fascinating that um the psychic was so the like, on the nose. Was like so on the nose yeah because i i was watching i don't know what show i was watching and i got in on looking up like murders that were solved by psychics and then psychics that were like that hindered investigations or whatever mm-hmm. and i had stumbled across this case makes me always think of sylvia brown when she was like amanda berry she's dead she's dead like basically went on the montel williams show yeah and was like she's dead said it to her mom but she wasn't she was in ariel castro's house uh, house yeah. so yep. and like um but i just liked that this one was it wasn't saying she was alive or dead it was just saying or well it was but she was saying you know this these is are the important things and they were like spot on mm-hmm. so wild that's cool it was a shorter story but i just thought it was kind of that's okay i have a disappearance too oh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but mine's in the 90s i believe if i remember correctly my brain must not have enough oxygen today i don't know what to tell you i kind of feel all of a sudden like i'm gonna ralph so that's cool okay well let's finish your story so you can go puke in peace if you want to okay well if it happens, I got my garbage here. So and then I will puke sympathy with you on the floor. Uh, it just all of a sudden got the like watery what? gums. Uh, yeah. Uh it's the worst. I don't know what to do. Um, so I'm gonna tell you about the disappearance of Holly Jones. Uh Holly Jones was born September 14th of 1992 in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Mm-mm-mm. she was the youngest of four kids and was definitely the baby we'll just say that all eyes were always on her she loved the attention of everything you know if you're looking at like uh birth order personality traits you know mm-hmm. she's just very much she liked having her way and she liked being the center of attention very imaginative lot had a lot of energy and wanted to be a singer when she grew up and she just loved music from the start so they said that she was always dancing and singing from like the time she was able to she was a great student and a really good friend her mother and her had a super close relationship and she would tell her mom everything like it was one of those her best friend kind of relationships on may 12th of 2003 so when she was 11 ish 10 11 holly offered to walk her friend Claudia home after they had a play date at her house. Uh, She left her house at 6 p.m. to walk to Claudia's house, and it was only a short walk away. It's the same route that Holly would take to walk to school, so she was very Mm -hmm. familiar with it. Uh, After saying goodbye to Claudia at her house, Holly began to walk home, uh, which Claudia's parents saw. They said hello. Claudia watched her start walking towards her house. 
Okay. And how old were they? 10. Okay. Uh, it began to get dark. So Holly's mom got nervous and uh, well, mom and dad. So Maria Jones and George Stonehouse are mom and dad. So later on, I mentioned them by first name. Uh, they started to worry because she should have been back by now. It was only a 15 minute walk and it was a busy street. So they weren't worried about her walking it. Right. Mm -hmm. They checked the street and they asked people around, but nobody had seen her. They asked like her friends that she may have stopped to say hello to on her way home, stopped at their houses. So after doing that, they called the police and they reported her missing they did a thorough neighborhood search. Uh, they said that 300 people showed up from the neighborhood to just pan everything. Mm -hmm. uh, they issued an Amber Alert really early the next morning when they officially were like, okay, she's not just somewhere on the street in the neighborhood. Yeah. Her parents also released a pleading statement for her return. Uh, her mother said, Holly, honey, our hearts are out to you. Baby, if you can hear me, know that we love you so much. Uh, feel, I feel you inside of me and I'm trying to find you doing everything and everybody is working so very hard. Uh, and whoever has her, I beg you, I beg you with all of my heart that you keep her and bring her home. Basically, don't kill her to her mother and father. You keep her safe. I beg you. Mm. It was very, it was very like. You could tell she was like stammering over her words and yeah. just very emotionally charged, obviously. Uh, a man walking his dog a few hours later after the plea was seen on TV uh, found a bag on the shore of Ward's Island. Uh, well, found two bags technically on the shore of Ward's Island, which had body like human remains in them. Mm. Um, the police were called out and they soon found the second bag so he found one they pulled out the second bag and that also contained body parts uh, the first bag had a child's head and arms in it um. and the second had the child's torso in it so there's no legs to be found at this point uh, the killer had put dumbbells into the bags in hopes to weigh them down so they would sink to the bottom of the water mm -hmm. with no luck because it got because this is uh it's like a canal a lot of like boats and ships were going through so I'm assuming it like pushed the bags up to the surface and to the shore didn't not necessarily the lungs man well and I think what happened was it like got pushed from the bottom up to the shore yeah because of all of the movement in the water Mm -hmm. But I obviously don't know. This is just what I'm assuming happened. Uh, divers kept searching for what they assumed would be the third bag with legs in it, and they had no luck. Uh, the bags were finally ID'd as Holly not too long after this. Uh, That's so weird. Yeah. You, I'm So it's legitimately well, within like a boom, 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 two, three days. Well, no. All this and is happening. Just the... This is going to sound bad, but the way it, she was dismembered, why is her head and arms in one bag? And her that's torso, all that would fit? <laughs> I know, but then her torso, it's just weird. I'm sorry. Just a single torso. Uh, um, God, that's everything I hate about everything. Is, yeah, I know. It's just any anything that is like a, either a floating body part a or a torso. A de-articulated body. 
just any part anytime they talk about just like single body parts Mm -hmm. it creeps me out no I agree so after this after she was ID'd uh the police put out a statement on May 15th so I'm trying to I want to make sure that I have the timeline right. I thought this was May 3rd. And of course I'm going to go anyway, May 15th asking if there, usually I put like how many days or whatever afterwards. And I didn't, if there was any information that the public had about the disappearance, uh, they shared that she was where, what she was wearing and she, when she went missing, hoping that somebody maybe remembered seeing her or something happening, uh, they got thousands of leads, but only a couple led to any sort of even anything to look into mm-hmm. uh, they called for the identity of a couple of men who were on a ferry the night that holly disappeared in that same canal uh i'm assuming that the staff remembered them for whatever reason on this ferry uh one man came forward and was cleared the other man was never identified because nobody ever came forward okay. police also released photos of the bag like because they were like duffel bags and so he they released photos of what the bags looked like and the dumbbells um hoping that someone maybe recognized those okay on may 20th so this would be a couple weeks later they had holly's funeral and hundreds came out to support the family obviously after this the neighborhood was super scared uh there were more attempted abductions reported too but the police said they don't know if all of them were legitimate or people just being nervous because of it. Yeah. Uh, but there were some that happened where um, it was witnessed by the mothers that someone like grabbed the kid and started walking away and trying to, and the moms had to like chase them down and get their kid back. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. So the police continued searching for more clues going through the city dump they also checked the sex offender registry in the area and it turns out there was like 250 registered sex offenders in this neighborhood ew so there was like yeah but they were all cleared all and all of them had alibis and there was no way that they did it kind of thing uh there were loads of homes searched they started this voluntary program for dna collection it was actually really controversial they basically went door to door and were like hey, we're looking for, you know, just trying to rule out everybody we possibly can. They could voluntarily give their DNA, and but they also didn't have to, which kind of turned into a, okay, well, whoever didn't give our DNA, their DNA, we're going to look into a little deeper. Um, so it was kind of, it was controversial, and the police said that all of the DNA would get destroyed afterwards and all that stuff, but there were a few men that refused to give DNA and so they followed up on them both had like a tail somebody followed them uh the one was seen leaning leaning his house and oh leaving (laughs) nice typo amanda uh leaving his house carrying a bag very similar to the ones that holly's remains were found in uh he brought it to a different house and left it there the police got a search warrant for this house in concern because they were able to apparently because of how similar the bag was. Mm -hmm. Um, But when they searched the bag, it only contained marijuana. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And he was ruled out as the killer after that because they figured things out. Um, The other one was Michael Rayer. They noticed that he had a mat that was the same green color. So when they stopped at his house to ask for his DNA, 
they noticed that he had a mat that was the same green color as the fibers that were found on Holly. The house also smelled of bleach and he had a weight set that was very similar to the ones that were used to weigh down the bags Mm -hmm. in the, uh, in the lake or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. So they tailed him as well. Michael Brayer was unremarkable. He wasn't anybody that was on the radar whatsoever. 35 years old, software developer. He had no record whatsoever. He grew up in the area in an abusive household with an alcoholic mother and an absent father. He had dreams of being an actor, but he was too plain is what they called it. So he didn't have any, he just genuinely was kind of a vanilla guy. Okay. Uh, he had gotten plastic surgery at one point to try to elevate his looks, but it didn't really help. He, the only kind of acting he ever ended up doing was in theater classes and some community, little community things. Um, during these classes, he met his, uh, to be wife, Vicki, but they were only married for two years. And Vicki said that when dating, he was very charming and physically fit, but as soon as they got married, he kind of became lazy and super obsessed with slasher films and she was not down with how creepy he was becoming because he was becoming very cryptid mm-hmm. uh, they found got a cup from him in public because he threw it in the public garbage okay and they got a cup and that's how he, they got his dna i'm like wait that's not right um it matched the blood that was found in Hol- under holly's fingernails and he was arrested they got a warrant to search his apartment and when the crime analyst Steve Ryan entered and saw um, a full-length mirror right near the front door. His He was quoted as saying, this is kind of heart-wrenching, when I saw that my heart sank because I thought to myself, this is the last time that this child saw herself. Her own reflection was in that mirror as she was being led to be sexually assaulted and murdered. Oh, And I'm like, break my damn heart because that he's like, just walk in and see it. And that's the first thing I thought. And it just made me sick. It's like, mm-hmm. so Brer was brought in and he confessed pretty soon after starting to be questioned. Uh, he said that after watching some child pornography, just casual, uh, he, and he was also drunk, he happened to go outside and Holly was passing as she was walking home. Uh, and that's when he decided to act. He went out, he grabbed her by the neck and forced her back into his apartment. Uh, crime analysts. Steve Ryan again says he was going to act out a longtime fantasy of his, which was to abduct and sexually assault a young girl. And he was going to pick the first girl that he saw. So if it wasn't Holly, it would have been someone else. Ryan also recalls Brayer saying that he, if she would have screamed, he probably would have let her go, but she didn't scream when she, he grabbed her. Oh. Um, he sexually abused and strangled her. They didn't there was no details on anything. So I'm just saying sexually details. abused. I know. I know, but I, I try to say like raped if it's mm-hmm. raped, because I feel like it makes it less terrible if you're just like sexually assaulted. Um, all happened, all happening within an hour of her being abducted. So uh, he did say that at one point he thought that she was dead and uh and then heard a boom 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 from the fridge door because that's where he put her after yeah after he had strangled her and so he had to take her back out and strangle her again uh so like i said he hid the body in the refrigerator 
and then he dismembered her with a hacksaw getting rid of her a little bit at a time over the next two three days uh dumping two bags in that harbor and which uh he carried the bags to the harbor riding on the subway by the way ew so he had them with people with him on public transportation um and then the bag that had the legs in it he put out for garbage day and they just collected it and he said you'll never find it it's it was already collected that day after it and it's been too long now ew Um, so he blamed his actions on pornography imagine that uh he basically said that holly was just in the wrong place at the wrong time it just grosses me out i know this is what i'm saying uh he was charged with first degree murder and held without bail um Brer waived his rights for a hearing and pleaded guilty on june 17th 2004 he claims that he didn't want to do the trial and he wanted to spare the family of reliving the ordeal oh my bleeding heart um yeah exactly that's pretty much just want to like clock him right in the face um why i oughta i was actually doing a jerk off motion i know you were and i did it behind my head so it's like i was gonna punch him i just figured it was an inappropriate time for jerk off but you know once someone like that okay okay uh so he was sentenced to life and he'll be eligible for parole in 2028 because remember this was in the 90s Oh. and he'll be age 60 because it's canada too so i mean i don't want to say all canada but they're pretty not lenient but they're not as like lock them up throw bleeding heart canada um. <laughs> cut his dick off uh there have been two separate memorials created in memory of holly in two different parks in the area her mother also can maintains a garden in, in her memory as well at mm. their property. Her and her husband proposed Holly's Law, um, basically a pro- program to provide education and support for children dealing with abuse, specifically sexual, um, in hopes to make children more comfortable with reporting and understanding the dangers of it. Um, because she's like, it's for some of the things she's like it's kind of a weird line because you don't want to over sexualize your kids where they understand where Mm -hmm. what that is but then at the same time you don't want things to be happening and them not to realize that it's bad so they're trying to basically they just are putting together programs that help figure out the best way to go about educating kids on what is and is not appropriate right so that is the case of the disappearance and murder of holly jones that was terrible i know you did a wonderful job out of a terrible story thank oh that is a great way to put it you did a great job the story was terrible but it was you did good um, you suck no it just pisses me off because i was he's just so nonchalant about it and then he has the audacity to be like well i'm gonna wave it because not because he wants to have to not relive it, but because he doesn't want the family be, I want to. It to be easier on the family. Maybe you shouldn't have fucking raped and killed their daughter. Then. That's what I, I'm just so. It's weird. It's weird. It's just this, weird. You know, weird. bring back this bitch. This motherfucker. Let's be real. Both of our stories. This bitch. This bitch. <sighs> <sighs> 
All right. Well, well, see you later, guys. Um, uh, that was a quick ending. I was like, okay, bye. I'm done. Okay, bye. Uh, spread the word. Spread yourself all over town. Uh, thanks for listening. See ya. See you later. See ya. Wouldn't Alli- want to be ya. <laughs> see you later, alligator. In a while, crocodile. Not too soon, you big baboon. <laughs> That's what Linda used to say. <laughs> oh, fucking no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye.